<laughs> what was that, Bill? Uh, two years ago, we had a guy that with four days left in the tournament, uh, walked in at the Corpus Christi Air Base, where you just walk into Oso Bay. And uh, he was waiting on a friend of his to join him. He'd already picked up a quarter shrimp, and he was going to split the quart with his buddy. And uh, he waited and waited and waited, and the friend never showed up. And by the time he looked back in the bait bucket, a bunch of his uh, shrimp were dead because he had too many for one bucket. And so he started uh, stringing his shrimp on the hook under a popping cork and stayed out there and fished and fished and fished and caught, you know, hardhead after hardhead, a couple of piggy perch or whatever, and finally was down to one shrimp. And he cast it out, and his leg had been hurting for some reason. I forget what he said. He'd had some kind of injury, and he was tired of standing and wade fishing right there on the bank. And he said, I'm going to count to 200, and if I don't get a bump, I'm going to reel in and go home. He made it to 160, and the cork went under, and he fought the fish, and he pulled it in, and it was, in fact, a redfish. And, in fact, it was a tag red. And so four days were left on his last shrimp on a 160 out of 200 count. He won a brand-new truck-boat combo worth about 85 grand. So it just never knows. It's, that's why we fish. Yeah. That's what makes it so much fun. But basically, the tournament, the State of Texas Anglers Rodeo, was started in 1990 as a recruitment tool for CCA. A lot of folks don't realize that we don't make a dime on the tournament. It's merely a, a membership drive for us. And by board policy, uh, all of the uh, uh, sponsored dollars have to be spent in one of three budgets, media, prize, or scholarships, and then it has to zero out at the end. We just want to promote the fishery that is CCA Texas's mission, uh, and in doing so, you know, get people that are not like us, that don't have it the passion in their blood like we do, uh, get them hooked, uh, no pun intended, on the real thing. And so this is our means of saying, hey, come join us, come find out what Texas resources have to offer because uh, even at this point in time, as you said, Shane, the latest grill surveys are even showing that, um, you know, we currently are at or near the highest gamefish populations uh, ever recorded since they've been keeping numbers. And so the primary mission of CCA is essential to create a fishery that we can recruit new members out of by folks that are entry or novice level anglers. Once they get hooked, uh, as we say all the time, uh, you know, uh, one twenty-inch redfish uh, for a eight-year-old kid, and then we can move on to the next kid because after that he's done, and he's the best marketer we have in the house because uh, he wants to go fishing again, and it's the same that happens with us. So the tournament is set up to begin every year. It started in nineteen ninety, and uh, begins on uh, Memorial Day, runs through Labor Day, a hundred plus days of consecutive action covering all six hundred miles of Texas shoreline. And offers uh, substantially over a million dollars in prizes, which includes uh, 19 uh, boat packages, uh, five uh, Ford F-150 trucks, uh, three uh, Polaris uh, crew cab UTVs, and uh, obviously uh, lots and lots of uh, runner-up prizes. I think last year we gave away a total of 123 prizes uh, for uh, entrants. Because, uh, after all, it is just a, a fun uh, fishing event for the entire family, and we want folks to get hooked on the resource like we are. And uh, so that's how it was structured. But uh, back in 1995, we realized that um, investing in the future of our kids was going to be significant because we realized also that uh, most of us at you know, 35, 40 years of age you know, 20 years from now, we're all going to be fishing dead water if these kids don't get uh, hooked on fishing like we are. And so we created, in 1995, the scholarship divisions. And those divisions were uh, set up to be a substantial offering. We didn't want to just have a measly $1,000, you know, Kroger scholarship, which these days doesn't pay for, you know, books and pencils. Uh, we offered uh, 20 
and $50,000 scholarships, uh, which really do have the potential to change the life paths of these kids. And since 1995, um, when you add up, we give away $325,000 each and every year. And the totals is uh, going to be $6.5 million in free college that we have given away by the end of 2018. So we're pleased about what these scholarships have done to influence these kids. And um, we've seen some really wonderful stories. Uh, in fact, the very first year, uh, Zifa Guerrero down in the valley was 10 years old, and um, she caught uh, the winning flounder in the Star Kids division and in that star kids division we give away three fifty thousand dollar scholarships for the largest sheep's head gaff top and flounder and zifa caught the big flounder that year and at 10 years old um you know we had no idea what she would become and of course uh the scholarships we have to counsel the parents and let them understand that they have got to create the kind of study environment that will make it possible for these kids to even go to college because uh, contracts for these scholarships are built upon making sure that the kid can get in school and stay in school and then graduate. If uh, they don't want to go, then it goes away. If they flunk out, it goes away. If they don't maintain the minimum GPAs required for the chosen school, then the scholarships disappear. So we had to encourage the parents to make sure that they nurtured the kind of study habits that were necessary for the kids to get in school, which is toughen up these days. And in Zifa's case, here we are, uh, that was 1995. Uh, as of three years ago, uh, Zifa checked in with us and said that had she not gotten the scholarship that she received for $50,000, it paid for uh, her college degree and she became a clinical psychologist and has turned around since and gone back to Cameron County, Brownsville, where she was. And she is now a uh, certified doctor and can counsel indigent people in Cameron County for the life challenges that they face. And so it's really gratifying for us to see things come full circle. Uh, we've had a number of stories like that. Dylan, um, anybody else that comes to mind? I'll say that story you told yesterday about Brooks Kelm, was, that was pretty cool. Well, that is. Uh, Brooks is another, uh, and, and again, we've got so many kids, it's hard to go back over them, but Brooks Kelm was a kid that uh, uh, <laughs> I ran into, didn't know who he was, on an aisle in the Academy uh, store off Kirby and Southwest Freeway about uh, eight years ago, and it was in February, and I was looking for some Miradine uh, XLs that I was planning on taking on a trip down to Baffin, and I was cruising the aisles, and a kid walked up and said, can I help? And I said, well, you probably don't know what I'm looking for, and he said, well, tell me what it is, and I said, a Miradine, and he said, in chartreuse uh, or the blackback, and I said, no, I need the chartreuse with the silver sides, and he said, I think we have two left. Well, sure enough, he directed me over to one of them. I grabbed it and went on my way uh, fishing down to Baffin. Well, fast forward to the end of that summer, and we are at the Star Award Ceremony at the Farm and Ranch Club, and as these uh, winners were getting uh, their signatures and uh, getting validated, before the presentation, I noticed a kid standing in line, and I couldn't recognize where he was from. Well, when he got up to the front of the line, he said, Mr. Kenny, you remember me? And I said, yeah, I've seen you somewhere. I can't remember where it was. And he said, well, I'm Brooks Kelm. And if you'll recall, I ran into you in Academy in February when you were looking for some Miradines to go on a, fish, a trip to Baffin. And I said, yeah, man, you really – you worked at uh, – academy there and went to Lamar and you told me you were a big fisherman he said well that's because I won this year I'm the winner of the big trout on the upper coast star teens division and so it was shocking to finally discover that and uh, sure enough um, uh, several weeks later his dad and uh, Brooks gave me a call and said we are packed up headed to Texas Tech thanks to CCA 
and got everything in a trailer in the back, would you stop and join us at uh, at uh, Good Company, and we'll buy you a barbecue sandwich. We want to say goodbye and appreciate all that CCA has done. And sure enough, Brooks went to um, Texas Tech, graduated from there thanks to CCA, and is now employed in the oil field. And when we reached out to him a while back to see where he was, he's got offices in Denver and Victoria and Midland and all these various places. So really fun to see. He's also quite a proficient fisherman. He graduated from the bays into blue water. So uh, yet there's another one. Uh, you know, it's curious you mentioned that. Thinking about these uh, scholarships, I remember Caleb uh, – can't remember his last name in Brazoria, but this was uh, very recently. Uh, he was 11 and caught a tagged redfish. And, of course, we don't have scholarships for that division, but you can catch a tagged red, and if you're uh, under the legal age for driving, then the four dealers have graciously provided a $25,000 college scholarship in lieu of the mm -hmm. truck, and the kid, actually his family, ends up getting the boat. Now, I don't know how that fleshed out <laughs> down the road. Uh, as long as he got to go fishing, I imagine. It's well, deal. I know he got to go fishing. I know the way his dad's eyes bulged when he saw that Haney 23 Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, I suspect his dad may be driving that boat. But he's pre he's probably getting old enough now to where he can take it back. So uh, there's just some fun stories that have come about um, throughout that. Any others that come to mind, Dylan, that – well, let's pause for a second because I realized I didn't do introductions, so I want to <laughs> rewind for a moment, folks. We're we're in the the corner office, Star Headquarters. We've got Bill Candy and uh, Dylan Sassman with me today. They've graciously agreed to do a podcast on the Star Tournament. So you've heard some discussions about some of these success stories from these scholarships and neat stories you hear from people that catch these um, tag redfish or, or winning division fish. So, guys, first of all, thank you. For doing this, you bet. We're glad this, to be is, here. this is going to be a good one because we're going to keep telling these stories certainly, and then talk about talk about uh, a little bit more, Bill, about how the uh, tournament came together with regards to just the resources that it took to pull in, and continues resources needed to pull in these vendors, and to keep this thing going year after year because you guys are the brain power, you are the the muscle behind this thing. So if you could go into what it takes to run this thing, that would be great. So. Well, actually, uh, I've got to argue with you about that. It's not our brain power. It's the volunteers at CCA that uh, made this work. Uh, the CCA uh, tournament committee uh, really is uh, who gives Dylan and I our marching orders, and it was their vision uh, as originally founded by the actual founder of CCA, uh, Walter Fondren. And Walter served as the chairman of the tournament committee in the first uh, couple of years, and uh, essentially, this is a group of about anywhere from 12 to 16 uh, volunteers that meet uh, uh, virtually every other month and have been for the last 29 years. And obviously, we've got new uh, blood coming on the committee, but we still have uh, probably two or three of those original guys that were there in 1990 when we had the first star. Uh, obviously, their experience and wisdom has paid off uh, through the years, and um, I would have to say that uh, this tournament is really a, a blessing uh, to all. Uh, certainly, uh, God had a lot to do with it because I would have blown it up way before now uh, without uh, all of the various uh, insights. Uh, that's the, the thing that, uh, you know, as you well know, Shane, we value so much. It's the volunteers that get involved. And unlike uh, most charities that people run across that are pretty much staff-driven, uh, CCA in my tenure here is the only uh, outfit that I've been a part of that is entirely committee driven. The committees have all the power and uh, thankfully they have, um, you know, the professionals on the tournament committee involve marketers and accountants and lawyers. And so the collective, uh, you know, intelligence that uh, has created this tournament has been of great value down the road. And one of the reasons why uh, gosh, in those early years, uh, I think the very first year we had about 32, maybe 3,800 people who fished in Star, and uh, it's continued to grow through the years uh, to over, gosh, 51,000 uh, last year. So it seems to be very popular with the fishing base because it is a tournament uh, for all people, 
Uh, it's, uh, you know, we maintain an even playing field. We're very, very serious about doing that. We want uh, John Q. Angler, whoever he may be, in the saltwater to have as good a shot as anybody else. And so we try to ensure that uh, it stays squeaky clean. And, uh, of course, we uh, employ polygraphs because I know that uh, none of us have heard any fish stories. You know, fishermen <laughs> don't really exaggerate, do they? Uh, you know, what was the old line? All fishermen are liars except you and me, and sometimes I'm not so sure about you. Yeah. Well, the polygraph is a great equalizer when it comes to, uh, you know, the catches, and everybody knows that. So, thankfully, we don't have anybody really trying to defraud us. We did in the early years. Uh, you know, uh, probably in those early 90s, several people thought, well, what, what the heck difference does it make? Um, you know, I'll... I'll see if I can hoodwink them, and um, they always get caught. What was what was the most common method or technique that they would try to use to pull the wool over your Shane, eyes? Shane, it was always uh, the, the one that was the most obvious and the one that causes the quickest red flags for all of us is somebody catching a tag red and not being in it. They'll try to drop it in their live well and drive around for a while and then go, uh, you know, get registered and then turn around and drive around for a while and, uh, then show up at a weigh station and say, looky here, I got this tag redfish. And whenever we see that a redfish is weighed in on the exact same day that the guy entered, uh, you can bet that there are some grave concerns about yeah. the validity of the catch. But, uh, you know, it's that's all uh, pretty much dissipated uh, through the years. We don't have any real issues with polygraph folks anymore at all because everybody knows they're going to get caught. Uh, the polygraph... Uh, people that we use are the best in the business. They've served on the Texas Board of Polygraph Examiners, and um, you know one of them's a homicide detective. And I didn't say that uh, the polygraph is a is an extremely comfortable thing, because uh, anytime you've got somebody strapping electrodes to you, I'm sure it's mm -hmm. uh, gonna give you a little discomfort. But uh, curiously, you can almost tell uh, how legitimate someone is by how. Uh, anxious they are to take the polygraph and when we've got somebody that's saying well can't you polygraph me today come on i'm ready to get in let's get it done um, curiously that's a, a very uh, uh, clear evidence and for the most part that uh, it's legit but we we haven't had anybody that tried to defraud us in years and years and thankful for that because everybody knows that uh, we're going to abide by the rules and the rules require that you take and pass a polygraph yeah. Anybody in the history of STAR in the last 29 years who's failed to pass a polygraph has never received a prize. Conversely, every single person that has taken one and passed has always received a prize. So it's very clear cut. Uh, to the issue that you mentioned uh, about what's new in STAR, yeah. uh, I know you had, had, had some questions about um, – what uh, what is it about this new Texas Guides Division, and and that's something that we've done this year. Again, it's been um, predicated as as I know Dylan has has been frustrated with uh, because any time that we do anything at CCA, it's almost like it it's a it's a very slow process because it requires so many eyeballs and so many insights from so many volunteers. And over the last six months, because we uh, at CCA Texas so appreciate the guides who have uh, generously donated trips to the various chapters of CCA to help us raise money for various CCA projects, <coughs> excuse me, and buy uh, equipment for parks and wildlife, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, we have, uh, sure enough, put together a division. And Dylan, why don't you tell us what some of your feelings were on building this? Yeah, so, I mean, like Bill said, you know, we went back and forth and back and forth for about six months or so working on this, you know, just as soon as we think, okay, we've got it hammered out. There's no holes in this. We're good to go. It's going to be easy to run. Be sitting in the lunchroom and with some of the CCA Texas guys. Well, what about this? It's ruins your whole lunch because you, <laughs> what you've been working on and going back and forth on for a week is, you know, shot full of holes by one question. And so – you know, we'd go parks, we'd do the same thing. Well, what about this? What about that? So kind of what we, we narrowed it down to what we feel. I know I think Bill feels the same way and the committee feels this way that, you know, something that's really going to help motivate, you know, kind of reward some of those guides and also to get some of the other guys, you know, onto that CCA mission and help recruit some of their anglers that, 
you know, you may come down from Dallas and fish once a year in the salt. Well, you don't know that much about CCA. You don't know about all that we do in the resource. Well, that guy, you know, hey, you register for STAR, and they get to th- t- thinking about it and get entered. And, you know, you kind of see, oh, you know, this is this is cool. This is interesting. You know, they're doing doing some good things. It just kind of get you know, it helps getting that awareness out. Well, that makes sense because that, that that fishing guide, like you said, someone coming in from inland, probably most likely never heard of CCA. They get to fish one time a year. That guide is their only chance to hear about fisheries issues, to learn about how to catch a fish, and learn about conservation and organizations such as ours. I think it's a genius move by you guys. Now, y'all mentioned Dylan that some of the guides are being rewarded. Uh, or Bill, you may have said it, but some of the guides are being rewarded for the work that they've done with us thus far. Uh, and then others can also participate. So what does that, what does that mean? Well, <clears throat> you bet. They're, they're, uh, it's for all guides. And I think it's uh, critical to note that, uh, as Dylan pointed out, uh, we wanted to <clears throat> empower the guides in such a way to where they have a shot at winning something big, and if they so choose, they can help recruit new members for CCA. As you and I both know, we've always been supportive of the guides and STAR. However, we have never had the ability to give them their own division. There's no one that wants to fish against a guide because of the obvious expertise that they have. And so STAR, up until this point, has been uh, 100% only for star anglers and the tournament committee darn sure intended to keep it that way we don't want it to be something where one of our star anglers feels like he's fishing against a guide and so rule number three states succinctly no guides are eligible now with this division we've given them their own opportunity to win and in concert with what parks and wildlife and what the uh, law enforcement has said you know, the, the, the objective of a guide is to enhance the customer's fishing experience. And in Florida, for example, you know, a guide rarely even picks up a rod. His, his concern is to make sure that the customer is doing everything right. And so in this regard, with this division, what we've essentially done is said, if any of your customers who are entered in STAR, and if you also, or entered in STAR and a member of CCA Texas. If any of your customers place on the final leaderboard, then you, the guide, will go into a drawing with chances for an outstanding prize. And in this case, it is the biggest prize we've ever offered in, in STAR. It's a Mountie 26-foot catamaran with a Mercury 225 Pro XS Optimax uh, outboard and a custom coastline trailer that uh, is an exorbitant prize. And the key, as Dylan was pointing out, well, Dylan, why don't you tell us how we got to where it was equitable for every guide depending upon the customer's placement on the final leaderboard. Yeah, so kind of going back, like I was talking about earlier, the lunchroom questions kind of just blowing up all your work. So uh, Coleman Todd was actually, you know, we're going back and forth in lunchroom. Well, what about this? How about this? And the guide division pre- presents a unique challenge. Specifically, a guide on a fish on a paid trip is due to parks rules. The you cannot keep his limit specifically. That that fish upon catching automatically becomes property of his clients. So we kind of had to, like Bill said, we it's their customers placing. So what we had to do was, for instance, if I catch if I'm Joe guide and my client catches you know, a first catches an eight pound gaff top, you know, a kid on my boat catches eight pound gaff top and he's, he wins that division. Well, I've got five entries into a drawing for that boat. Now, if I put another kid on a, you know, a fifth place gaff top or sheepshead or flounder, whatever it may be, that's another entry. So we had, we did it in descending order, you know, first place is five entries and fifth place is one. And, um, you know, just kind of rewarding those guys more so in the drawing that put their customers on better fish but not but also not targeting a specific fish kind of opening it up to help their chances at winning also so does it include it, the uh tagged redfish division yes sir that's All, worth, is that worth five points yep exactly because okay. it's considered a top prize within for okay. eligibility requirements okay yeah. 
So anybody that basically is in the winner spot uh, on all the divisions in star, he gets five entries, five chances in the drawing. And if he's uh, got one that's in second place, a customer that's second place on the leaderboard, he'll get four chances. If he's got one in third place, it'll get three chances and so forth. So it's as, it's as equitable as we can be, and it totally enhances the guide's chance of winning a boat that's without equal. And, and, and that's what we're excited about. And who's the big winner on this? Well, you'd say the guides because we're promoting guide activity. But the customer – again, becomes the big winner. Because if the customer is, in fact, on the leaderboard as well, then he wins, and then his guide wins. And as Dylan said, what kind of a – who's going to beat that tip? You know, so we're really excited about it. And, um, you know, it, it needs to be clear that uh, this division is for guides only. Uh, no customers or regular star anglers will be fishing against guides at any time. And uh, certainly the reverse is true. Uh, this is not, the, the guides division does not affect any other star category. And guides are still excluded from participating in any other division of the tournament. Yeah. And like I've, I've told people all the time, you know, they're asking, oh, how do I win star and stuff along those lines. And if I'm a guide this year, I'm fishing cut squid for gaff tops with a boat full of kids every single day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it's true. I mean, uh, you know. It, it, it amazes me. And, of course, uh, we can't talk about this division without saying something great about uh, the owners at Mowdy. Uh, yeah. They're the ones who have really ponied up. And uh, specifically, uh, you know, a boat like this, um, you know, you can get into six figures on a boat like this if you really trick it out. So, uh, certainly, we've never offered anything of this magnitude before. And we're very grateful for uh, our friends at Mowdy for pledging such uh, a fantastic prize because uh you know this is this is a guide's boat if there ever was one mm -hmm. uh it's a really impressive craft so yeah we're excited about it and uh of course uh like anything else in star we'll evaluate uh the participation at the end of the year and if there's a way to enhance it or improve it then we will uh we hope it works but it's a way to repay all the guides who've done so much for the mission of cca texas and uh you know, I, I probably should mention, uh, you know, all of the guides who have donated trips this year are already getting to fish free. Uh, CCA Texas is paying their memberships. Uh, they still got to enter star, uh, which is 25 bucks. But, you know, 25 bucks for a shot at an $80,000 plus boat. Yeah, uh, that's, you know, the funny thing about this, Shane, if you think about it, many would say, well, you know, you hadn't given the guide a chance to actually fish himself. And, you know, my response to that, and were it not for the volunteers to have the insight to see this, if you're a guide fishing for yourself, you got one line in the water. If you've got 30 book trips during 100 days of star, and on each of those trips you have three people on the boat, three customers on the boat with you, that's 30 book trips times three customers. That's 90 lines in the water fishing in your behalf instead of one which would you rather take? yeah you have much better odds i think and yeah i think i'd measure really i'd measure a guide's worth based upon how their customers do you bet and, and not so much their their own fishing ability now some may not agree with me but i mean if you, if you look to me your, your purpose as a fishing guide is to provide a great experience for your clients and uh, improve them as anglers so exactly that's i think that's how this division works out very well um, for well all, and all of course it, it, it does and some would say well it's self-serving because you've almost made the guides have to uh encourage their customers to join cca and enter the star uh, you know you could say that but at the same time uh, as cca has proven throughout its history uh, that the more folks that come in to help us uh, and all of our primary mission parameters, all of the uh, projects that CCA is doing, uh, these are the ones that enhance the fishery. Here, uh, way back in the old days, you know, CCA was just struggling to try and get anything done. And, uh, you know, without money, which means without anglers, without uh, support from the fishing public, uh, it's hard to raise the dollars to build new hatcheries, to I remember back in 1993, we were so elated 
about uh, building Sea Center, Texas, of which you were a biologist uh, with them for over 10 years. That's how we got to know you, Shane. And without CCA Texas, uh, you know, producing anywhere from 30 to 50 million uh, baby fish per year that were being uh, released literally 52 weeks out of the year. You all, you all had those hatchery trucks running up and down the entire coastline every single week, dumping baby fish back into the water for the benefit of all Texas citizens to catch. And so that is what enhances the fishery. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think back uh, often to the old formative days of CCA, and it's kind of like that old movie, uh, if, you, uh, if you build it, they will come. And because of the work of uh, Parks and Wildlife and uh, the user constituency, which is the members of CCA, We've all worked together, both in advocacy and at the legislative level, to enhance the fishery, to have the right kind of limits, to uh, control uh, the harvest, to make sure that all the elements of um, uh, a flourishing fishery uh, were in place. And sure enough, that's what we've got. And so the more people that come on board and join CCA, that just sent, ultimately means more funding for more projects mm -hmm. for more fish. And so it, it, it just, the recipe uh, for all of us has, has been of great benefit. And, of course, without Parks and Wildlife helping steer the way, uh, we, we never could have made it happen, uh, which is why we just love being partnered with them. I mean, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department that we have is superior to any other uh, management agency that I've come across. And so uh, it's something that all, <coughs> all Texans can be proud of. Absolutely. What's the feedback been so far, initial reactions from guides? Uh, so we talked to a few people walking the fishing show, me and Bill, and, you know, everybody we talked to is super excited. We talked to Mickey Eastman for a while, and he gave us a couple anecdotal incidents that he's had happen. You know, they're fishing Trinity a few years ago, had four guys on his boat, three were registered, and one wasn't. Guess who caught that tag redfish? <laughs> well, this goes on, and there's so many guides that have had uh... – you know, experiences like that, and now we just want them to uh, make it pay off for their customer. And if it pays off for their customer, they could hit the real long ball. So we're excited about that. Yeah, and again, thanks to Maudie for stepping up in a big way because, like you said, this is a substantial prize. I've seen the pictures of the boat. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Really is. Kudos to you guys for pulling this off. Well, that's the uh, when when Frank, uh, the owner, said, "What would be your favorite boat if you were to buy one today and you didn't have to worry about your budget?" I said, "Frank, I want the Maui Twenty Six Cat." He said, "Well, then why don't we feature that one?" There it was. What a fine guy. Yeah, awesome. Let's talk a, a little bit about your other sponsors of this tournament and and kind of what they bring to the table and and uh, and how all this comes together well of course none of this happens without our sponsors this uh, never would have happened it can't happen it can't continue to happen without sponsors and our title sponsors are without equal uh you know we couldn't be more proud uh, looking at capital farm credit everybody knows capital farm credit uh, you know the great thing about capital farm is that uh they're set up kind of like usaa it's a it's a co-op and you actually, once you become a customer, you also become a shareholder. And I saw, I think Dylan and I were talking about this the other day, what they pay in dividends back to their customers, that is people who have loans with them, $177 million. Some uh, astronomical number. It's just amazing. They're great partners. And, of course, they have lots of rural uh, density, but they have products throughout. They can uh, address, if you're looking for your piece of heaven, whether it's a bay house or a ranch or, you know, five acres uh, out in the country they're the ones who can get it done and it's interesting that you'd ask that because here's Tilson Holmes who's been with us since 1997 who their tagline is build on your own lot mm -hmm. so we find a number of uh, uh, members that can get that piece of dirt uh, done through Capital Farm and then we'll contact Tilson because they can build it wherever your wherever your lot is and Tilson has been an outstanding friend and partner all these years. Uh, so grateful for them. And how could we talk about the title sponsors, of course, without mentioning the Texas Ford dealers? Uh, you know, there's uh, 97 dealers who many of these guys, uh, like with all CCA, 
they have uh, employees that serve on various chapter boards. They love the the collection, this this outdoor brotherhood that is CCA, and uh, they all banded together. Gosh, back in 1994 was when the Texas Four Dealers joined Star, and they are the ones providing not only. Uh, five brand-new Ford F-150 XLT Super Cabs every year for Star, but they also have produced their own commercial. I say their own. It's a CCA commercial that they've done to let uh, Texas audiences know what the primary work of CCA is all about. So, uh, you know, they not only produce the spot, they, um, you know, pay for the TV time as well, and that goes deep into six figures, could not say enough great things about Ford. And, of course, their product, if you go to a virtually any CCA function, uh, if you look in the parking lot, it kind of looks like a Ford dealer lot anyway. So <laughs> we're really grateful for the great product and the great friends there. But um, if we're going to talk about any sponsor, how can you even open your mouth without talking about Academy? I mean, they've been around since 1993. They have been a staple in uh, uh, everything CCA ever since. Uh, gosh, they're not only providing over $15,000 in gift cards to star winners, they also uh, provide, uh, you know, the funding for three $25,000 scholarships and the Academy Star Teens Trout Division. They funded that entire division. Heck, they're giving all the members a $10 gift card yeah. a couple of times a year. They've uh, built an entire line of CCA-branded merchandise. Uh, having just been in the store yesterday, um, uh, I, I saw all of the CCA items that are now available for sale there. Academy did all that. They they, they conceived it um, just like they did with their Magellan brand. They've helped CCA build its brand, and we are eternally grateful for that. Uh, certainly Whataburger has been an old friend. Whataburger has been with us since 1991, Mercury since 1990. Uh, that's the interesting thing, Shane, about this. Uh, when everybody recognizes that we all benefit when we band together through CCA, it's been an enormous residual benefit to the fishery, to the resource, to the habitat. All of this has been channeled together, and without Mercury, and uh, gosh, I can go down the line from LP Building Products, Mustang Cat, uh, Hoffpower Polaris, Shiner Bach, uh, Evinrude joined us this year. Delighted to have them. And, of course, our boat names are now all Texas brands, which we think is really cool because back in the old days, there were no Texas boat manufacturers that were big enough to be able to provide yeah. for what we needed. And through the years, as CCA has worked on building a fishery second to none, it has raised the bar for allowing Texas manufacturers. And so... Now we very proudly claim Showwater, manufactured here in uh, Port O'Connor, Haney's manufactured in Port Aransas, Maudie in Port Lavaca. Uh, these are top-of-the-line brands, and we're proud to have them as uh, prize sponsors in Star. Dargle's another one, uh, made it down in um, Rio Grande Valley. So, you know, when you couple those with uh, Texas Fish and Game magazine, uh, Costa Sunglasses, uh, you know, McLean trailers, Coastline trailers, uh, ABC 13 is one of our biggest sponsors, the, uh, you know, the, the, the best uh, broadcast affiliate that we could have in Houston. All of these sponsors have been essential to making Star the name that it is and uh, have always looked out, as long as we said, boys, we're all banding together for just a fun fishing event for the entire family, can you help? And they have come to the table to really demonstrate that. And one thing that really uh, impresses us is that after Harvey, we all know all the setbacks that we've all encountered there. These sponsored ponied right back up again and said, man, this is the greatest way to get your mind off of some of the problems of the past year mm -hmm. and post-Harvey and so forth. Let's all go fishing. We're in. So we're obviously very grateful for that. But you have a minimum suggested amount if you have sponsors that want to come in and be a part of this tournament well, we've had to set a minimum because there's a lot of folks that uh, have wanted to be a part of this. Um, thankfully, uh, the media partners that we don't even have time to all name here, but we've got all the broadcast affiliates in five different uh, Texas markets, uh, both in radio and TV and cable. Uh, 
I mean, I could start with Comcast and go to Clear Channel and then to specific radio stations and uh, broadcast TV stations. But the uh, the combined effort of all of those partners is generating uh, about a million four hundred thousand dollars in media value to Star uh, and to CCA to lift the visibility of this tournament. Obviously, when you've got uh, some of the media have said, Shane, that this is the largest, richest, longest tournament anywhere. We don't know of one that's any bigger. We're still kind of look at ourselves as a podunk outfit, but uh, it is a big event, and uh, the sponsors that have come forward uh, have got to do so in large amounts. And obviously, to pay for a million four in media and another million dollars plus in prizes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, somebody's got to help us fund that, and. Uh, so I would say if there's any sponsors out there that the best thing to do is just to contact us. And uh, as a charity, uh, it's incumbent on us to figure out a way to uh, make room for folks if they have an interest in, in joining our cause. Uh, that's, that's what it's all about. And as long as everybody understands that it's what CCA can do for the resource, it's fish first. That's the way we look at it. Yeah. Well, I think it's, a, it's, it's an excellent way for them to co-brand, you know, if they want to be associated with – with uh, protecting the resources for the, our future generations, it's a it's a no brainer. Yeah. And it's not a lot of these, actually all of these sponsors. It's not just a hey, we're doing this, to, you know, boost visibility stuff like that. All these guys, they're you know they're going to banquets, they're going fishing, they're doing stuff like that. You know, Mustang Cat. We were in a meeting with them a couple weeks ago. Said hey, if y'all have got some habitat projects and y'all need equipment for. You know, let us know if we got something we can let, you know, y'all can use, help y'all out, cut costs, cut costs so you can do a bigger, you know, do more with the project. Let us know. We're here waiting. You know, so they're, they're, act- awesome. they're yeah. actively involved. That's exactly right. Uh, Dylan, you bring up a great point. These, these guys are all so proactive. They love the outdoors. They, they realize that Texas is, uh, you know, blessed to have the uh, resources that we have. Good night. Texas has seven major distinct ecosystems uh, <laughs> what a great state and thankfully these sponsors uh you know i wouldn't even want to ask what it takes to have one of those skid sleds that you know bore out uh you know the surf for cedar bio mm-hmm. uh you know i mean i'm sure renting these things is probably 10 grand a day or whatever and for mustang to just come in and say hey if you guys need it we'll get you the equipment we're happy to pledge that equipment for you i mean what a difference that yeah. makes for any projects that we have so uh but all of them are, are are of that attitude it's it's just a it's a great thing to see people come together to benefit something larger when you consider the whole and that's uh of course what's built cca with 68 chapters uh gosh think about all the communities that the groundswell of support that has been captured through each of these chapter banquets and fundraisers and fish fries and crawfish boils or whatever, collectively what it's meant to the future vitality of our resources. Let's touch real quick, for, then we'll wrap up. Let's touch real quick on what it takes to run a tournament like this. I mean, you guys, we didn't have a mission, Peggy, <laughs> but you, you all have a permanent staff of three, right? Have to bring in some temporary help during the busy season. So kind of behind the scenes, look at this you know, how do you allocate your time, I guess, would be a good way to start it. You know, what percent do you spend where? And just kind of the nuts and bolts of running a tournament at this scale. Well, that's the the thing that uh, is, is really challenging for us. Obviously, trying to provide personal service for over 50,000 people, uh, particularly during tournament season and afterwards, uh, is uh, it does uh, create some uh, – obstacles along the way and uh, the great news yet again Shane uh, it, it it only looks like there's three of us that are involved but we count so many volunteers that are the extension of the network of CCA that are the ones that are helping us in the field that's what I'd hope you say because I've seen those guys going out and trying to you know get the redfish that would need to be tagged and taking care of those and then all the effort that goes into tagging them and releasing them. I mean, it is yeah, an well, enormous consider amount the, of work. The, consider the challenge of us. First and foremost, we're releasing 60 tag redfish into the water for anybody to catch. But keep in mind, those fish go in the water and to account for growth and knowing that they're also only slot fish. 
the legal requirement is that they got to be 20 to 28 inches. Well, if you account for growth, potential growth over the summer, that shrinks that slot down to we don't we can't even pick up a fish over 25 and a half inches because the worst thing that could happen would be to have the fish come in at 28 and a quarter on the last day of the tournament and then it'd look like a, it was a scam or something. So we can't release a fish over 25 and a half. The minimum, we don't want to be you know, fuzzy on that area. So we have at least 20 and a half, 20 and three quarters, ideally 21. So that slot just got compressed from 20, 28 to 21, 25 and a half. And to catch 60 of those fish and then release them one every 12 to 20 miles covering 600 miles of shoreline is a formidable undertaking. And if we didn't have the uh, benefit of calling upon CCA anglers to offer their services, and keep in mind, they're disqualified from STAR. Once they offer to help, if they're on the capture or release teams, just because we don't want anything yep. looking, you know, doesn't pass the smell test, these guys have to DQ themselves as well. So we're counting on probably 30 other people that have to assist in just that one division alone and uh, get them to, you know, pony up their boats. Uh, they'll, they'll take the fish. And then, uh, you know, working with Parks and Wildlife, they've got to be tagged. And then we've got some that are released by land. Because uh, one of the things about STAR that's so great that we love is that we want to make sure that anybody can win uh, by walking off into the water. Yeah. Well, you don't have to have a boat to win in STAR. We have lots of winners all the time. I told you the story of one on Tag Redfish a couple of years ago. Uh, if you can catch them off the piers, if you can catch them off rock growings, if you can catch them off jetties or whatever, don't think we don't release those fish where where people fish. We want them caught. It doesn't make any difference to us anymore. And without the volunteers to do that, you know, if I can digress for a moment, we used to have Lloyds of London, I don't think you knew this, that uh, handled the insurance. Because obviously what are the odds of releasing a fish into, you know, Galveston Bay. I mean, you're talking about, what, 200 square miles of water? Uh, what are the odds of even catching one of those fish? Well, obviously, we released quite a few, like a dozen up there. But uh, the point being is that we went to Lloyd's of London and said, can you insure this division? Here we've got $55,000 boats connected to $45,000 trucks. Uh, will you insure this division? And this was back in 90, 91. And the only outfit that would do it was Lloyd's of London. So they assessed a premium that we had to pay for. By the third year of the event, we'd had so many of them claimed that Lloyd's called us back and said, boys, y'all are just short of fraud here. Uh, <laughs> we, we don't know what you're doing, but how come so many of these tag redfish are being caught? And we're not ever going to insure you again. You're done. Uh, we didn't expect this to happen. And so, of course, the answer is, is that we do want them caught. So we release them in places where people do fish. They're not – uh, and nondescript areas. I, I find it interesting that uh, Parks and Wildlife has an annual recapture rate of tagged redfish that they tag, which is 3%. That's the average annual rate of recapture for TPWD uh, tagged redfish. The star recapture rate always averages between 15 to 20% quarterly meaning that in the ensuing 100 days after they're released, at least 9 to 12 of those fish will be caught. Now, last year, they hammered us bad. I'll admit that open. About 30% capture yeah, rate. Yeah. yeah. We had, uh, what, 19 fish caught uh, of the uh, 60 that we released. And, of course, we had to pay off all those truck-boat combos and, and then got into the boats because we pay up to 10 uh, places on the on the boats in the tag redfish division but again none of this happens without uh, volunteers uh, to even count all the way stations that assist in this effort uh, you know we've got 17 of them starting in port arthur going all the way down to port isabel and the way stations the work that they have to do god bless them uh, you know they help all the academy stores that are helping uh, we've just got so many volunteers we're Ferry and boats and trucks around the the award ceremony is just uh, just crazy because uh, here we're giving away three hundred twenty five thousand in college scholarships and other uh, 
gosh, however many boats and trucks and everything that were given away. So without the volunteer infrastructure of CCA, there would not be a star tournament. Yeah, going to that awards banquet is pretty impressive to see all of that, all of the ATVs or UTVs out in the parking lot, the boats. Yeah. So if nobody's seen an aerial picture of that awards parking lot, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. thankfully, and that reminds me of uh, yet again one of our star scholarship alum. Yeah, let's let's hear that one story. Well, uh, the only reason why we have an aerial photo for years, mm-hmm. we couldn't ever get all the prizes we give away in one picture. And we didn't know what we could do, uh, short of having some guy in a helicopter. And sure enough, uh, about a year or so ago, one of our star alums uh, who won a $50,000 scholarship, Dylan Peltier, uh, he graduated from Texas A&M uh, thanks to the CCA scholarship. And he got into the video business and became very proficient with uh, land-based, uh, underwater, and aerial drone video. And uh, we found out that he had uh, this skill set when he called and said, hey, I've graduated from A&M. I want to give something back to CCA. What can I do? We said, well, come on out and help us film the redfish release. And then while you're at it, can you come out and use your drone to capture all the prizes that we give away? And uh, not only did he do all of that, um, he – did a great video that I'm sure a number of listeners have uh, seen on the actual Redfish release last year. But he's become such a good friend, come in full circle, that uh, he has now agreed to DQ himself, and he will now be on the uh, release teams for Redfish down in Port Mansfield. All right. So it's uh, that's that's what's cool about Star. Yeah. You know, uh, seeing these folks that have graduated through the CCA system and uh, are now turning around and giving back. I think Dylan, uh, how old was he, Dylan, when he uh, – he must have been 10, I guess, in 1999, something big like old, that. Big old gaff top. Yeah, he caught a big gaff top. I know how proud he is. Um, <laughs> and uh, sure enough, it paid for A&M, and uh, here he is now, uh, you know, giving back to the organization that uh, helped him get through that. So uh, that's that's what makes CCA happen, as you know from the advocacy side. Uh, from the fundraising side, from the star side, uh, without volunteers, CCA is dead. Absolutely. And folks can sign up for the tournament now. They can call up the headquarters. They can go online and sign up. You bet. StarTournament.org. They can go to CCATexas.org. Either way, they can sign up uh, through their phone, iPad, uh, whatever they want. In the next couple of weeks, Academy will be getting all their tickets. And if you want instant registration while you're picking up the rest of the gear you need for your next trip, because I'm certain that there's some kind of bait that Academy has that you don't. Uh, So you can do that at uh, Academy as well. Uh, People know they can sign up at any of the bait camps, uh, a lot of other tackle stores, FTU, whatever. Uh, But – uh, it's just something that's going to start again, and it's going to kick off uh, this year on May 26 and run through September 3rd. All 13 divisions, including Star Kid and Star Teen divisions, uh, 19 boats, five trucks, uh, three UVs, and uh, we're excited about it. Should be a great year. If things are lining up as you told me the other day from the latest parks uh, news, so uh, we should have some darn good fishing. And fisheries are looking good. Yeah, I think Shannon Tompkins had an article today. In fact looking at the fisheries forecast in the Houston Chronicle. And, uh, yeah, it's a good outlook. Great. And how much longer do we have to sign up for early bird entry? Uh, it will close April 27th. Okay. so uh, Yeah, and, and early bird's fun because uh, if you get in by that, you get your name in the hat for a 21 uh, Dargle Scout with a 150 uh, uh, engine on it. And so and that's just for signing up. Yep. Yeah. Brand well, new Evinrude and Dargle boat. Well, the cool thing is, is that for 10 bucks, you know, obviously to join CCA, you know, you got to be a member in order to fish star. You're invited to fish star once you're a member. You got to be a current member when you're fishing in star, as well as being entered in the tournament. But for the kids, uh, we've waived all of that. And obviously, as I said earlier, the kids are the future for the fishery, and we know it or we're going to be fishing dead water if we don't get them on the water. So anybody listening, moms and dads, get those kids out there. Uh, but for 10 bucks, uh, the kid can get uh, um, become a member of CCA, 
and then we waive his star entry. He's automatically entered in star. And the cool thing, Shane, is that we've actually got one of those scholarships for $25,000, whether the kid even wets a line or not. He's in a drawing. For, I didn't know that. Yeah, $25,000 awesome. scholarship for 10 bucks. And what are the odds when there's, what, 7,300 kids in star? Odds one out of 7,300 to win a $25,000 college scholarship for 10 bucks. I would That's get those kids deal. on the water. Absolutely. Yeah, we want to see it. That's a fun fun phone call to make. <laughs> they usually don't I, they, believe they, you. Yeah, they probably don't even remember signing the kids up. They're oh, like, no. I can't it's like, is this a scam? You know. Yeah. Well, it is funny. Uh, well, think about last year. Oh, that, yeah. That that uh, young man uh, was autistic that won. And uh, it was really uh, his parents said, you know, when you bring him on stage, please don't start probing him because uh, it's not unusual. I'm always curious to see which uh, college the kids want to go to. Yeah. And we uh, award them these scholarships. They're so large that we uh, have to roll the contract up and we wrap a little red ribbon around it. It looks like a diploma. And, uh, of course, if you're 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, you don't really know what that means. But I can tell you mom and daddy know. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, uh, Chad, I think was his, his name, uh, he was uh, he was an autistic kid, and his folks said, "Please don't ask him any questions about where he wants to go to school when you get him on stage. It's it's uh, it's it's pretty overwhelming for stage fright." And we did, and he was a really fine kid. He was so funny. He showed up in a CCA t-shirt and cap and everything. So uh, we just love. There's there's lots of stories that uh, go on, and maybe in future editions of your podcast, we can tell you some more. I know that uh, if you circle back around with us. Uh, after uh, we release all those redfish in the first couple of weeks of the tournament, that's when those reds will get caught real quick. I don't think a lot of listeners realize that, uh, you know, trout move a long distance. As, as a biologist, you know that. Mm -hmm. But these reds, uh, you know, typically, Shane, they're not moving farther than, you know, four or 500 yards from where we release them, even up to 100 days later when they've been yeah. caught. It's almost like we drop them in the water and they go, hey, where am I? And then they see another <laughs> group of redfish. Say, oh, there's some of my buds. And they just kind of hang in the area. And in that first couple of weeks, they'll, they'll definitely be two or three reds caught. And so come back and um, okay. visit us, and we'll give you some stories on uh, the expertise that these <laughs> anglers claim when they catch a tag redfish. Well, you heard Bill say it. First two to three weeks after the reds are released is prime time. It's prime And I know time. that for a fact because I've seen the fish leave the hatcheries. And they are hungry. Mm -hmm. They're in good shape, but they haven't had a uh, a live meal in, in, in a, uh, over a month. So they're yeah. ready to eat a live meal. That's right. Uh -oh. That's right. Well, we fed, they're they're all in great shape, and uh, I won't make the error again. We had a a guy, a cameraman with ABC thirteen. <laughs> Did I tell you about that last year? Yeah, uh, I, I think I saw the video. Well, no, that, I'm thinking something that was that was the fumble fish. For yeah, that's that what was I'm thinking one of, of our release teams in, in the Golden Triangle. But what a lot of people, you know, typically, and most listeners know this, after you've been fighting a redfish for a while, and then when he finally, you know, you know it's not over with a red till it's over. But when you finally get a good grip on him and you got him and it's all fine and good and you can take the bait out and release him or keep one for dinner if you want. But uh, what you don't realize is that when they've been in the star – redfish tanks and they're amped on pure oxygen mm -hmm. when we're transporting them trying to hold a 24 inch redfish that's been on full oxygen when you get him out of the tank oh they're green they're so green they explode in your hands yeah there's no chance you could be charles atlas and you couldn't hang on to one when you're trying to get him out that's why we finally learned and, and <laughs> i'm sure a number of your listeners saw the video of uh what we fondly now call fumble fish. We had a, a cameraman in, uh, with the ABC affiliate uh, down in Beaumont last year who was asking our redfish team captain down there, can you show me one of these redfish? He said, sure, I'll be happy to. And uh, he reached into the live well on the tank of the boat standing at the edge of the marina, and he reached in and grabbed it and he said, well, this is what one looks like in that fish when those fingers touched him, exploded. And he tried to catch it, and it uh, hit the deck and then hit the water and was gone. <laughs> and the, and the, the guy with the microphone said, well, were you supposed to do that? <laughs> and he said, no. And, you know, that fish 
uh, so many people saw that and called into the station that it crashed the switchboard Are at the see? TV station. Wow. After that happened. And people started fishing that area. And sure enough, how was it 10 days later? Uh, about a month. Robert. It was about a month in. Okay. Well, it was, it was near the start of the tournament, but sure enough, Ryan Pyburn was fishing with his four-year-old son in that area within 50 yards of where it had been dropped. And uh, he caught that tag red and won a brand-new truck-boat combo. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that fish. I uh, bet that marina was shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder for a while. I had to call him, and I said, look, I'm worried about y'all's dock. Do you have a binder of insurance coverage? Well, how much weight will that dock handle? And they laughed about it, but it still took a month for somebody to, to, to get that one. It. Yeah, yeah. Now that we're self-insured after Lloyd's uh, dumped us back in 93, it uh, doesn't make any difference to us anymore. Go catch them. Yeah. We want to give them away. We had to buy them anyway. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, I thought I think there's a little bit of value in showing the releases. Oh, to yeah. the you know it certainly stimulates interest so yeah so if well, you go on our new our website that peggy did for us there's a cool video of the lower coast release from two years ago you can see you know swimming I'll off to the that. grass yeah that's see neat. what you're chasing right, right well actually we are very proud of that peggy did a great job when you go at not on a mobile device but if it's a desktop computer it shows the actual video of one of those port mansfield fish being released in action and that's the home page that you land on and uh, you can follow that fish and follow it as it's swimming off uh, underwater. And, of course, the water down there is so clear that you can, you know, see the tag in its shoulder as it's swimming off. Yeah. It's really a cool video. Cool. But thank you so much for yeah. coming down let's, to visit with us. Let's circle back in the summer. Look forward to hear some stories and talk about it some more. we got plenty of them. All right. Thanks for listening.